All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Whoever did the polling for the Arizona Coyotes, you have lost some credibility. Welcome into Daily Faceoff Live. It's Wednesday, May 17th, and Daily Faceoff Live is presented by Batano. The game starts now at batano.ca. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. He's former NHL player and current Chicago Blackhawks analyst, Colby Cohen. Colby, how you doing? I was laughing at your intro there, Frank. I was wondering if that's what we were starting the show off with. Oh, we're definitely starting with the Arizona Coyotes. Some jarring news coming from Tempe, Arizona. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. And let's start with exactly that. Coyote ugly. The Arizona Coyotes are in a very tough spot. The Tempe residents have resoundingly rejected a proposition, three propositions actually, on Tuesday at the polls with mail-in ballots saying, no, we do not want to build and essentially fund a new arena for the Arizona Coyotes. Despite it being hailed as the best sports deal in Arizona history, the voters say no, the people have spoken, which I think is incredibly important, Colby, when you consider the fact that doesn't really seem like they care. They're not be, having a hockey team in Arizona isn't high up on the citizens' priority list. They were already told from the city of Glendale uh, when leaving their arena, we think we can make more money without you here. Uh, that was the first sort of resounding the people are saying this doesn't make sense. 
Now you see it in black and white, and it wasn't even a close vote. The Coyotes were absolutely thumped at the polls on Tuesday, paving the way for some significant franchise changes. I believe the days are numbered of the Coyotes in Arizona. There's going to be lots of last-second you know, pleas and pushes. Can they move downtown? There's been a faction behind the scenes saying, hey, this has all been about the city of Phoenix itself trying to grab control of the situation. I don't buy that for one second. My question to you, Colby, as, as you look at some of the other potential possibilities and landing spots, whether that's Houston or Salt Lake City or Kansas City, some have even mentioned Sacramento, where would you send the Coyotes and how quickly would you do it? Would you just rip the Band-Aid off, pull up stakes and go now? What would you do? Well, Frank, there's a lot to unpack there. And I think first off, these residents have really only heard about the Coyotes for the last 10 years or so in a negative way, whether it when partially evicted from a building, not paying taxes, you know, articles about workplace culture. It just seems like this organization has been grossly mismanaged and people never really went to the games when it was in Glendale. Uh, this was the first year people were in the building and it only looked that way because of course we know 5,000 seats. So uh, it just has not been a, a pretty stay over the last decade. I don't think people want anything to do with it in Arizona, which is disappointing. I think Tempe, that area itself is an unbelievably... Uh, fun area to be. And I think players would have actually wanted to go play and live there, low and no income tax, uh, switching gears a little bit, Frank. You know, look, everybody talks about Salt Lake City now, but uh, I think Houston is the big name. I really don't know. You know, this is one that I can't say I have a super strong opinion on. I don't hear... Uh, great things right now about the city of Houston. It sounds like there's there's kind of a lot of trouble downtown. Um, it sounds like people are kind of leaving that area in masses. So I, I really don't know. Here's what I will say, and this will be my final point because I know I'm going long here, Frank. I believe Gary Bettman uh, had a plan for this. I, I believe there was definitely a contingency plan in place for if this bet went the wrong, or sorry, if this vote went the wrong way. And I think that plan started last night, and we'll see what happens in the coming days and weeks. Yeah, you see the tweet from Clayton Keller as well, uh, just basically summing up the experience for Arizona hockey fans. Like, oh, this is no bueno. And, you know, I look, the NHL, you could say whatever you want about Commissioner Gary Bettman and perhaps, you know, defending hockey in Arizona at every turn, sometimes even illogically or against uh, all – all odds. I just don't know how they defend it this time around, given that the people have spoken and said, uh, this is not something that we're interested in. So that's one thing. Um, I, you know, I think you look towards the Oakland A's and, and a team that's clearly moving somewhere else, e even just to fill Mullet Arena next season and beyond. Um, that I think could be a challenge if everyone knows that they're leaving. So they might have no choice but to do this in short order. And I would say from a point of fact, just look back to 2011, the, the Atlanta Thrashers were relocated to Winnipeg on May 31st. That leaves two weeks from today for the NHL to essentially pull off uh, what is a Hail Mary last minute miracle to put this team somewhere else for next season and give it a chance to thrive in a new city. Um, I think there's a million reasons why it hasn't worked in Arizona, starting with the move to Glendale, but all that's seemingly in the past now. And I think the other big thing to keep in mind is it's not just an NHL and Board of Governors issue. 
the NHL Players Association and the players, I think, are going to speak too if this doesn't get resolved in short order. Because I don't, I don't think they have any interest in continuing to play at Mullet Arena without having a permanent plan in mind. Let's get to some hockey talk, Colby. The Eastern Conference Final kicks off Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, Carolina Hurricanes and the Florida Panthers. It's a non-traditional hockey market series. It is a series with two teams that ground and pound um, that certainly are consistent. They work hard, uh, all those things. Give me your pick for the series and give me your confidence level because I got to tell you, when sizing this up, you see the series matchup here. It seems like the razor, the margin is razor thin to me. Yeah, Frank, look, I, I'm not going to give you this pick based on the fact that I don't believe in the Florida Panthers, but I just believe that the Carolina Hurricanes are that good and are playing that good. So I'm going to pick the Hurricanes. I would say my degree of confidence is extremely high. Um, I don't think this series even makes it to seven games. I think this is a, a Carolina in five or six. Um, you know, the X factor can always be Sergei Bobrovsky. If he continues to play, you know, as Vesna Sergei, obviously that changes things. But I just think the depth of Carolina, even without their star forwards that are missing, Tara Vinen hopefully is going to get back. And I think Carolina has something that nobody else has. And to me, that's Jacob Slavin. He is the Daryl Revis uh, of the NHL. He is a shutdown defenseman. His pair will lock it down, whether it's the Kachuk line or the Barkoff line. And then the Pesci-Brady-Shea pair, they'll step up and take the other line. They're just playing too fast, too structured. They're unflappable. They don't lose games at home. And again, this is not that I do not have faith in the Panthers because they have shoved that in my mouth and everyone else's because I didn't think they were even going to win a game in the Boston series, okay? I can admit that. And then I didn't think they were going to do well in the Toronto series. I can admit that. I thought Toronto might even come back even after they won that first game. But this is more a testament to me, Frank, of just how well Carolina is playing. I'm not going to say they were the best team in the NHL all year, but to me right now, they are playing like the best team in the NHL. Two tickets to Revis Island, please. I mean, like what a, what a comparison that is. I love that uh, just imagery of Jacob Slavin being the shutdown guy that, you know, I think first off we should be renaming and looking at creating new awards for defensive defensemen because Jacob Slavin would, I think, be in the running for that every year. Um, Easily. I'm going to I'm gonna agree with you. I'm going to say Hurricanes. I'm going to say Canes in seven, though. I think, the, as I said, the margin is razor thin. Um, look, the Panthers and their forecheck, it's been ferocious. They also, to me, haven't played a decor as good as the Panthers, with all due respect to the Bruins. Um, and, and I think that... Matthew Kachuk's going to have his say in the series, Jacob Slavin or not. Uh, can he get in their kitchen? And, and can the Canes continue to get the depth scoring that they got in round two? Jordan Martinook, 10 points out of the clear blue sky to set a Carolina Hurricanes franchise record. There's a lot of question marks, I think, on both sides. I picked the Canes way back in October to be playing in the Stanley Cup final. No reason to depart from that now. Injuries and all, especially as they get Tavo Teravainen back as well. Colby with... 28 teams now in off-season mode, only four left playing. We're going to start an off-season series where we take a look, an in-depth look at each of uh, the teams that have been eliminated over the next month or so leading up to the NHL draft. And today we're going to kick off that series with you with the Chicago Blackhawks, a team that you know quite well. Obviously a huge win for them 
uh, last week at the NHL draft lottery, uh, winning the rights to select Connor Bedard. Uh, they've checked now, I think, the most difficult box, if that's the case, in, in getting a true superstar in your organization and your franchise. They've got a lot of interesting prospects coming up. What do you think is primary objective number one for the Blackhawks when it comes to this summer? Well, I love this table that that's up right now because you see where it says average age, 28.7. I think that's going to drop substantially for next season. I think there was a misnomer that the Hawks were this young team last year when they really weren't. Um, obviously, you land Connor Bedard, so you want to put some players around him, and everybody keeps talking about Domi and Athanasiu. Look, I think Athanasiu will get a nice contract offer to return to Chicago because I don't think he's going to get that money or close to that money anywhere else. Max Domi is another guy that really endeared himself to fans. He showed he can play anywhere in the lineup. He's a leader. He plays hard. I think he's going to be uh, playing himself onto a good team for big money. I, I think he's had a great playoff, so I don't think he's going to be available. And I don't think Kyle Davidson's looking to do anything more than one-year deals for players because I do believe that they're staying on track with this slow rebuild, taking their time. They don't want to rush things. They're going to see how some of their prospects come in. Kevin Korczynski, the defenseman. Vlasic probably takes a step into the NHL. Lucas Reichel ready for full-time action in the NHL. And then I believe they're going to go out and sign a couple of veteran free agents. They're going to have to overpay to be at the cap floor. But ultimately, I would expect a similar-looking group only younger with more prospects finally entering the NHL for the Hawks as you get into year two of the rebuild. Yeah, I think you summed it up quite nicely. I will say one thing to also keep in mind for the Chicago Blackhawks this summer, take a look at that projected cap space, 42 million bucks. Yeah, you need to fill out your roster a bit and sign guys to inexpensive short-term deals to maybe provide Connor Bedard with a little bit of support so he can step into the NHL and have success in his rookie year. But you know what else you're going to do with that cap space? You're going to be taking on some tough contracts from some other teams around the league. And I believe the Hawks will be aggressive on that front, especially if the salary cap is only increasing $1 million this summer, as is currently projected. I still think it's going to be going up by more than that, but we'll see. That's going to be a big chip for Kyle Davidson to play. What about the Anaheim Ducks, Colby? One thing we don't know about the Ducks is who's going to be their next head coach. Pat Verbeek has been active and involved in the interview process for more than a month at this point. No real direction on that front, but the Ducks are a team that not all that dissimilar to the Hawks. I think the Hawks have gotten there a little bit more quickly in terms of the teardown process. They have a ton of guys, a ton of cap space, a ton of guys coming off the books. They've got a trade chip in Adam Henrique that I think could, could find himself in a, in a new home uh, coming this summer, but they've got some Talent up front, of course, led by Trevor Zegers and company. They've got some prospects on the back end on the way that aren't there yet. And what's staring me in the face when looking at this Ducks rebuild is how do you bridge that gap between the here and now? You basically have two, maybe three at the most bona fide NHL defensemen on your blue line. How do you have a team that's even remotely competitive? And maybe that's not the plan with that type of defense core. There's a lot of work for, for Pat Verbeek to do. Yeah, look, they return 12 forwards next season, and that's counting the contracts that Zegers and Terry are going to get. They're going to get long-term contracts. Those two guys are going to get paid. Uh, but then you look at the rest, and you know they don't really have any defensemen 
coming back next season. You've got Fowler, Lacombe, and Colton White under contract next season uh, that are, you know, quote-unquote NHL caliber defensemen. Owen Zellweger, maybe he takes the jump and he gets into the NHL. I know Drysdale missed all season, so he will be back. But here's what's interesting about Anaheim, Frank. Not next year, but the year after. So now we're talking 24-25. That's when their entire roster can look different. So I'm with you. What do they do in the short term? They're going to draft Fantilli. He's probably going to go into the NHL right away, although we've heard some rumors he may not. Um, but ultimately, they're, they're in, a, in my opinion, a much different place than the Chicago Blackhawks because, A, I don't believe they have the prospect pool that the Hawks have, and, B, they're kind of in this weird stage where they've got 12 forwards coming back. So it's not like they're necessarily – out there looking for forward, sure, you could trade Henrique, like you said. There's probably a couple of other guys. But what's going to happen with John Gibson? We hear his name at every trade deadline. He makes your big board quite often in that regard. Cam Fowler, another guy. You need some veterans there to help out. But are you truly going to rebuild and tear it down? That is my question. I've yet to fully see that happen. And that's, to me, why they're in a little bit of a different spot than the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I think that's their plan. Um, I think it's been articulated. I think it's just a little bit more slow moving in terms of getting there. And when you have someone like John Gibson probably exceeding, not exceeding expectations, but being in a spot where he makes that team most nights look a little bit better than they are, um, that hurts. Plus the sort of legacy deals that you had that Pat Verbeek has been trying to to pry off of his salary cap. That's been part of it too. Some of those guys have just been you know, immovable and you needed to get to a point where the deals just expire. So um, Pat Verbeek, known for his scouting eye, uh, we're going to get to that in a second with the next wave and talk some Adam Fantilli, who uh, the Ducks are likely to select at number two. But before we do that, uh, if you have any questions for us for our inbox question of the day on the other side of our guest, Stephen Ellis, fire them into our chat now on the YouTube stream and give us a like and subscribe as well. Let's get to Stephen Ellis with the next wave. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. That's right. He is Stephen Ellis, our daily face-off prospect analyst. Guys, a machine watches more hockey than anyone I know. He's had his eye closely tuned to the World Hockey Championship going on right now in Europe. And one of the guys that's been on your radar, of course, not just this year, but going back in years past, is Adam Fantilli, who's playing for Team Canada at these Worlds. How has he looked to you? And and more interestingly, what do you make of the rumors that Colby just hinted at that he could potentially go back to college for another year, Stephen? Well, it's been nice to see what Fantilli can do against pro-level players. You know, this is a guy that's only played college at this point, and while he had to play against men this year, it's a different animal going against guys that have been playing in pro hockey for 10 years. And so, um, you know, he started this tournament on the second line. I thought he looks pretty decent there. He has two assists. He fell down to that 13-4 role in the most recent game, but I don't think that was a knock against him. I thought he actually looked really good, and he was just used differently. He was playing uh, a different role out there. And I think for him, it's just looking... To get that confidence right there you know i know some con- scouts are a little concerned about his hockey iq at the pro level and i thought that that hasn't been an issue here i think he's thinking the game really well and, and he's playing as good as i would expect for someone who doesn't have experience playing uh, against this quality competition um in terms of next year i did ask him recently when i when i talked to him for a story and i said like what, what's your plan and he says you know like i haven't made that decision yet it, it's I think he knows what he wants to do, and I think it was at that point trying to def- figure out which team was going to draft him because this was before the draft lottery. But I can say at the U18s, I had scouts and other people from NHL teams asking me, like, they had no idea what was going on. So there's a lot of mystery. I think the best thing for him is the NHL next year. Just the way he was just able to dominate the NCAA in a lot of aspects. I don't know how valuable another year to be there. But, you know, the one thing from talking to him, he really values being able to play with his brother, Luca Fantilli. And they've spent the last couple of years together. And that's something he doesn't want to give up if he doesn't have to. And, um, but, you know, I think there's, there's benefits between the NHL and the NCAA, no matter where he goes. But I think, you know, next year, getting him integrated, likely the Anaheim Ducks would be the way to go. Well, Stephen, it's always good to hear your opinion on those things. I got a chance to be between the benches in the Frozen Four for Fantilli as well as call some of his games this year. And, and I do think he has some room to grow at the college level, you know, especially in that Frozen Four. He did score a highlight real goal, but there was, uh, you know, room to improve and room to dominate. So it'll be interesting to see your point about his brother. His dad actually told me that at the Frozen Four. I had a chance to have a beer with them the one night, and and I do think they were hoping to see the Chicago Blackhawks with the second overall pick with his history playing in the USHL in Chicago. But uh, another top prospect, a guy that I know you've seen a lot of, Leo Carlson. You know, he played pro all season. The Swedish Hockey League is a strong, heavy league. You're playing against men. You're not playing against young guys. But let's go to the World Championships where he hasn't really stood out. Like I think people would have liked to have seen him take that step in his game. So where are you with Leo Carlson? Where are you with Leo Carlson's game? And what are you hearing about where Leo Carlson will be drafted? Well, I think the thing with with Sweden here um, to take into account is they're not playing as good as I think a lot of people expected for a team that's near the top of the standings. They're not scoring a lot. They're playing a lot of low scoring games. Their goaltending's been a huge uh, thing here. Where you know Oscar Lindbergh 
is the only guy with multiple goals for the Swedes. But with Carlson, he's been playing the top line. He's been playing with Lucas Raymond. He's been playing with Alex Nylander. He's had some power play opportunities. And I think, you know, for him being able to play with those quality players, I think he's been able to stand out a lot. Lucas Raymond is definitely the best player in that line. But you see with Carlson, you know, the way he's sitting in front of that net and he's creating havoc, he's doing stuff that's not being recognized on the score sheet. And, you know, I think I would like to see him shoot a bit more, get a bit more scoring, uh, dangerous scoring chances. But, you know, this is a guy who's played against pro-level competition all year long. So it's not like Fantilli having to adjust to the bit of the speed difference there and things like that. This is Carlson's wheelhouse. Um, That being said, you know, I think there's definitely... I would be picking him number three uh, if I'm the, the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think just there's so much potential there for him to be a number one center that could do so much for that team at both ends of the ice. Very reliable, very smart player, and, and a great passer. Um, but at the same time, you look at a guy like Will Smith, just the way he was able to turn the Jets on in that second half, that could spice things up there. But I think with Carlson, there's a good future there. I'm a big fan of, of his game. Steven, who else has caught your eye from a prospect perspective at the World Championship? Well, uh, Montreal fans will be happy to hear that Lane Hudson's having a great tournament. He just scored a highlight real goal today, maybe the best goal of the entire tournament. And I tweeted it out, actually. And, uh, you know, just the, the way he started the tournament, I felt like he wasn't, you know, it looked like he was a bit nervous. And, you know, there's the defensive concerns, I think. But just the way he's taken over the last few games, especially rushing the puck, it just... He's so full of confidence right now. He's playing so good. And I think, you know, uh, there, he could take the, the long route. I, I'm not, he's, we already know he's going back to college next year. So uh, there's that. But, you know, maybe he plays one more year uh, at BU. Maybe he takes, again, the, the slow road. And I just think that the talent level's there, but sometimes, you know, the defensive play or the speed isn't missing. Uh, another guy that's keeping uh, my attention is Matt Coronado, the Calgary Flames prospect. And just the, a lot of it isn't on the score sheet there, too. You know, just looking at how good this American team is and I think the the way he's digging for pucks and really competing he's probably one of the hardest working players on that team right now uh Carter Mazar is another one the Detroit prospect but you know if the way it's kind of working out if you want to watch prospects it's the American team right now the the group that's 4-0 right now and I think kind of defying expectations no one saw them beating Finland in that first game right now they might be the tournament favorite yeah Two proud Americans on this panel today. Sorry about that, Stephen. USA, uh, the NHL draft goes six weeks from tonight in Nashville, Tennessee. Stephen Ellis will be there. Looking forward to seeing it. And uh, thanks so much for joining us today for the next wave. Thanks, guys. All right, Colby, time for our Daily Faceoff inbox question of the day. I was asking for some questions on the YouTube stream. You guys are a little slow to fire some in there. So we're going to invent one ourselves, Colby, and we're going to throw up the top 10 scorers among restricted free agents this summer. And it is a fascinating class. There are a lot of really good players on here that are going to be due some significant paydays. Who is the most interesting to you in terms of either a negotiation factor or in terms of how does all this work uh, and what does he get paid? Oh, this is an easy one for me. And that is number three, Alex DeBrincat. You probably 
could have guessed that's where I would have gone with this. And the reason for that being his qualifying offer is close to $10 million. And, you know, he had a good season. He didn't have a great season, 27 goals, uh, which is a good number, but a far cry from the 40 goal pace he was on when he was playing with Patrick Kane in Chicago over the last couple of seasons. Um, look, a lot of people have talked about the fact that he wants to maybe play in Detroit or he wants to be back in Michigan. Um, you know, this is an American player who who's probably looking for a long-term deal. Uh, but why hasn't he signed it? Well, partially the ownership group change. Um, I think that's part of it. But but also, I think he's kind of in a wait-and-see mode. He's in a good spot with an almost $10 million qualifying offer walking him into UFA free agency. Uh, so to me, Frank, Alex DeBrincat is easily the most intriguing name that I see on this list that I do believe probably will be on the move at some point. Okay, so Devils fans are going to roll their eyes when I give this answer, but I'm going to say Jesper Bratt. It's not Timo Meyer. Meyer's qualifying offer is $10 bucks. Uh, DeBrincat is 9 But after a second consecutive 73-point season for the Devils, you look at Brat. They they went the the short term route last year. They you know they signed him to that deal, and I think there was some frustration on both sides in getting to that point. A one year deal, five point five million dollars essentially. They kicked the can down the road, and now they're going to have to pay big time. Uh, what does that longer term deal look like? I would think at this point, you know, you're dealing with a, a longer term contract that's probably north of what Jack Hughes ended up getting you know, right out of his entry-level deal in terms of an AAV, uh, probably north of $8 bucks. So it's going to be expensive for New Jersey, and they've got a lot of things to figure out because you take all those things and smash them together. The Hughes deal, the Meyer deal, the Brat deal, like it's going to be expensive for New Jersey now, and all of a sudden a team that's had plenty of cap space is going to have some considerations to make. So for me, Meyer, uh, Brat is the guy, not Meyer, that I'm actually more intrigued by on the RFA front. Some good cases here, Vince Dunn, Fantastic season for the Seattle Kraken on their back end. Uh, also want to give a shout out to Ryan Sharp, who threw a question in late in the chat. He said, does the Austin Matthews leaving rumors, will they start to fizzle now that the Arizona Coyotes appear to be in peril? Ryan, I don't know how legit they were to begin with. I think Austin Matthews really likes playing in Toronto. And to me, the bigger question has always been, who will be the GM of the Leafs in terms of getting Matthews re-signed and selling him the plan? Kyle Dubas and Austin Matthews, very, very tight. So uh, something to keep an eye on as we move forward here. That big decision is looming for the Leafs. Will Kyle Dubas be back? I think the answer is yes, but we don't know yet. Let's get to Tyler Remchuk and our daily face-off Batano daily bet segment. Tyler, just uh, killing time between series here as you get to the next one. I have nothing to do, but our friends at Botano uh, do have some series odds up for these two sides. And I woke up this morning, Frank, I went on Botano and I said, damn it, I'm going to find the underdogs for each of these series and I'm going to hammer them. And then I looked at the prices and I was like, oh, there's actually like not a ton of value on either of these sides. Like Dallas at one plus 115 feels like an okay spot, but it feels properly priced. I was expecting them, or I was hoping they would be closer to plus 150. I don't mind taking this series, though, to go seven games at plus 185. I think that's a decent spot, but my favorite play for this Golden Knights Star Series is if you scroll down a bit, you can get Rupe Hints to be the series leading goal scorer at six to one. This dude's second in the NHL in goals this playoffs. Why would you not 
take a dart at him scoring the most in this series at a six to one payout. It's fantastic value. On to the next series, we have Florida Carolina gets going tomorrow. And again, I was sitting here saying, okay, well, if the Stars are plus 115, surely the eight seed Panthers are like plus 160. No, not the case at all. They're, it's actually getting pretty close to a pick with the Panthers only at plus 112. So I am again tempted, Frank, to take the Panthers to push this thing to seven. Plus 215 on this series to go seven games actually feels like the best spot and it's going to be my favorite play here so my two series long plays i'm going to throw half a unit on dallas and uh, vegas going seven a full unit on that rupe hints bet six to one i'm chasing the juice and then another full unit on the canes and panthers going seven i'll flip this question to you guys now frank which series is most likely to go seven yeah, you know, it's a good question. I would say, given that I picked the Canes in seven, that it is that one. Um, I have Vegas winning in six. Colby told us last round, you didn't want to hear it, that the Oilers would lose in six to the Golden Knights. How about that? Son of a gun. And I'm going to stay, and I'm going to keep riding with Vegas. I think that series goes to seven, but ultimately I think Vegas is, is going to pull through. But if I'm guessing, I think the Carolina series goes six. I think the Vegas series goes seven. You know, one thing I found, Tyler, too, in terms of betting on the series is sometimes there's a lot of value in getting a team at minus one and a half games in the series. That's been something interesting to watch as well. Thank you to Tyler for our daily face-off Batano daily bet segment. That brings us to garbage time. Colby, I'll take this one. You know, there was an interesting tweet that was floating out there when sizing up the final four, and it was, hey, how about three of these final four teams come from no-tax states, Nevada, Texas, and, of course, Florida, where the Tampa Bay Lightning have seized on that advantage for years when it comes to building out their team with the salary cap. I think that's kind of interesting, but way more luck of the draw than anything else. And I'll say this, though. The one thread I think is you're always looking for uh, to tie some of the most successful teams in the NHL is a copycat league. Everyone's always looking for what makes that team win. And the one thing that stands out to me when looking at these four teams that are left is ownership. You notice that none of these four teams left are owned by corporations or big boards. They're one person for the most part, and they've managed their team quite well. There have been some hiccups, of course, in Florida with Vinny Viola and getting it right, but they've gotten it right now. Same thing with Tom Gallardi and the Dallas Stars. It's been nothing but success in Vegas. And then you look at uh, of course, the Carolina Hurricanes and Tom Dundon with the impact that he's had since taking that team over. Look at their record since then. Look at their second trip to the conference final in four years, especially as we talk about the Arizona Coyotes today, Colby. Ownership is key. It is key, Frank, and I'm going to take the last word from you on this one, but I actually do think the no tax thing is a big play because players now are more educated. They're more aware. There's more information out there, especially on social media. You don't have to be uh, an econ major anymore or you know a finance person to sort of understand what the taxes do to your paycheck, the money that you're saving that you can be investing for later in your life. And I truly believe that the athletes and the players are more educated on all of those things now. And I think players are now looking at places like Dallas, uh, like you know, I mean, Florida's Florida for different reasons, but some of these, you know, smaller market teams in these no tax environments are becoming way more, um, you know, forefront to certain players. So I, I do think there's more to that than just coincidence.
Yeah, I think it's a factor, but I think if you're sizing it up as a player, it's chance to win, you know, market that you're living in, facilities, all those things. And a little bit further down the list to me is the tax structure because you have a good accountant. You can get around uh, just about anything. So uh, I'm just going to throw that out there. But that'll do it for today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Thanks to Colby Cohen, Stephen Ellis, Tyler Remchuk, and our technical producer, Alex Allard. We'll be back with you 12 noon Eastern on Thursday, game one of the Eastern Conference Final goes that day as well. We'll break it all down and uh, get you set for that action as well as the West Final. Talk to you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.